Hello and welcome to the IOTA Unum podcasts from the Latin Mass Society. In the company of some great friends of tradition from around the world, we will be drilling into some of the fundamental issues affecting us today in the church and the world. This is Joseph Shaw again from the Latin Mass Society, and I have the honour today to conduct a podcast with three individuals from Central and Eastern Europe. Oleg Michael Martinov in Russia, Yaroslav Firkevich. Uh, I will allow him to pronounce his own surname. <laughs> okay, um, I know. <laughs> Robert Lazu in um, Romania. And in our different ways, we're all involved in the FIUV, the International Federation, representing lay groups attached to the extraordinary form. And in fact, Oleg Michael and Yaroslav are with me on the council of the yeah. So without further ado, I will invite each of them to introduce himself and this very basic situation in their own countries with regard to the traditional mass. So start with you, Oleg. Yes, thank you, Joseph. And uh, it is an honor and a pleasure to uh, meet your listeners online. Uh, well, in Russia, as you know, uh, Catholics are a very tiny minority, uh, but traditionalists, the traditional Catholics, are, so to say, a minority within a minority. Uh, nowadays, I think there is uh, something like uh, several hundred Catholic parishes uh, all over the country in four dioceses. So all, all that a huge territory only has four dioceses and uh, five bishops because the archdiocese of, of Moscow now has also an auxiliary bishop. And uh, currently there is only uh, two places, there are only two places in Russia where the traditional mass is celebrated, uh, so to say, regularly and uh, under the guidance of our bishops. Nowadays, there is only one place in Russia where the traditional mass is celebrated regularly. And uh, that is only once per month in Moscow, but it is in the cathedral. So we can say that the bishop in Moscow is uh, quite friendly towards us. But uh, to, to, are, to tell, sorry, Oleg. Um, we yeah. are of course in a in a in a somewhat atypical situation in in our in our various countries because of the coronavirus epidemic. It, 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 has that affected the situation that you're referring to? Because I know in the past you had more celebrations. Yes, indeed, uh, because the mass in Moscow was celebrated by Father Augustin Zenzel, who is Polish and the Silesian. And uh, he is, well, uh, quite an elderly man. He's 80, 80 something. And uh, when he uh, contracted COVID, uh, he, of course, he stopped celebrating, but uh, he was not uh, allowed to recommence after he uh, more or less uh, got healed. And recovered because he's still uh, quite uh, quite weak actually, 
and it's it might be uh, indeed uh, difficult for him and uh, burdensome for for his health. So we now only have uh, one mass per month celebrated. You've had um, Bishop Athanasius Schneider, haven't you, in in Russia? Oh yes. Well, I mean, he's visited Univoce Russia and and celebrated mass for you, hasn't he? Uh, relatively recently. Uh, yes, uh, actually, uh, this wasn't his first visit to Russia. Uh, we have had him uh, maybe uh, three or four times. No. We have had him uh, maybe uh, two or three times uh, before uh, on a span of several years. Uh, and uh, we, we have, of course, a special a connection with uh, his eminence because uh, he's uh, fluent in Russian among all the languages that he speaks. Uh, so uh, he, uh, last time he came here, uh, it was uh, to present a Russian edition of his latest book, Christus Vincit, uh, which was uh, published by uh, the Tropa Pathway uh, Publishing House, uh, of which Unavocha Russia is uh, as kind of a, an informal stakeholder right. among other groups. For the benefit of, of, of listeners, photographs from that visit um, appear in one of the editions of um, Gorgias Magnus, um, I think two editions ago, number, um, number eight, perhaps. Anyway, you can chase that down um, on the fiuv.org website. Um, so, um, I, I'm sorry, yeah. Joseph. I believe uh, that photograph was from his previous visit. Oh, right. Anyway, it's some Bishop Schneider celebrating that in Moscow for Univoce Russia. Um, <laughs> in Moscow or in, in St. Petersburg? Right, right. Okay. Okay, Yaroslav, uh, a, a much more complicated and extensive situation. Existing. Yes, yes. Uh, I could say that generally, uh, comparing to the other countries on all the on all the world, the situation in Poland with uh, extraordinary form is is really good. But because, uh, but only generally, yes. Because as everywhere, we have problems. Uh, people, uh, bishops are not eager. To, to help us, bishops are very defensive about uh, creating new places with, with um, traditional Latin mass and people are demanding this, this mass. And, but I could say that uh, since uh, the issuing the, or maybe not issuing the Samaran Pontificum, but be, from the beginning of, for the, for the, for the beginning of, of pontificate, pontificate of uh, Benedict XVI, in the beginning, we had six places with uh, traditional Latin mass, and now we have 160, 160 yes. places. It's, oh, oh, it's, it's a fluent situation, you know, in some places they uh, appear, some disappears, but, but this, this uh, mo movement is really very, very um, going, going uh, up. Uh, and uh, I could say that, um, Covid epidemic uh, only uh, strengthened uh, this this uh, um, people's demand for a traditional Latin mass. People saw that because some bad um, uh, bad uh, 
but uh, things was introduced in Polish church like uh, uh, distributing Holy Communion on, on, on uh, uh, hand, um, disappearing the holy water from, uh, from the churches. And people saw they're just normal Catholic, just mainstream Catholic, many of them. So that on the traditional Latin mass, everything is like, everything was like it was before. Yes, and they right. come to the to the to the to the churches where traditional Latin mass is celebrated. I could say that in my region, when I live, it's in southern Poland. It's called um, Upper Silesia in in German Oberschlesien. There is a big uh, there is a there are three very populated, very density populated area, uh, very big with big industry. It's just like an, I don't know in, in England maybe like um, the region of Manchester and Sheffield, with with uh, towns and cities glued each to other. Uh, we have three dioceses, and if in this three dioceses, I in in the just um, uh, circle of of uh, twenty uh, kilometers uh, nowadays, I have eight or or nine uh, masses, traditional Latin masses celebrated every every Sunday. Yes. And plus three with SPPX, yeah. So it's really I am very blessed. When we started uh, 70, 15 years ago, it was only one. No, the, yes, it was one, one, one diocese uh, traditional Latin mass celebrated once a month, and small chapel of SPPX, yes. And now, and and it's um, about as I just. Um, counted uh, about 1000 people is engaged in this in, in this traditional latin mass uh, masses attendees attendees uh, attends uh, for for masses every every sunday so it's 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 really if from the point of view of uh, for instance if, like in romania in in Robertia, we are very blessed and we we have a very big uh, we have a very big we, we could say even that we have a good bishops but it's not true of course because demands are just really much bigger yeah than it is yeah. um, to, to put this again for the benefit of, of, of listeners to put this in, in, into perspective Poland is of course quite a populous country how many what, how many how many people live in Poland uh, could you repeat because there was some distribution the population of Poland uh, is yeah is, um, is what's it 19 million? population it's about uh, almost uh, 40 million people no it's uh, 38 i think population right. whole population so nevertheless um and, and there's a very very high level compared with with western europe very high level of, of practice i mean they actually yes still yes but yes. unfortunately this 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 uh, um, i think unfortunately i i think it's it's it will be the next some my friends say that it will be next ireland uh, yeah. in poland in some years because oh, the yeah. the attendees it it, the the, the uh, people who goes to the church it was about uh, 40 uh, percent of, of of catholics and now is about after i think five years when 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 survey was um, made it it was about um, 30 percent of, of people and, and mostly old people and young people unfortunately they are lapsed catholics more 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 and more and yeah, still, well, still, still is better than in other countries. Yes, yes? but <laughs> yes, I know. So it, it's, I mean, it's a very big pool of yeah. practicing Catholics. Yeah, um, and that's that's the context for the traditional yes. in, in in Poland, which is uh, well quite a contrast with with Russia. And as Robert is about to tell us, also with with Romania, Robert, 
in a, on a, on a, on a back of a, of a, of a postage stamp, <laughs> how would you summarize the situation in Romania? Actually, I can summarize it in only one phrase. Uh, the, yeah. Here is nothing. So it's very easy to, to say this, but it's not so easy to explain mm. why and describe the situation. But first of all, I uh, will mention two facts that are very important. Uh, there are two problems, big problems here in Romania. One of them is the massive emigration. Okay, Romania is one of the countries uh, of the whole world with the biggest number of emigrants. So there are a lot of Romanians who are going elsewhere in different countries. For instance, just in Italy, the community of Romanians is around 3 million people, both officially and unofficially. So you can imagine Romania is a country of something like 18 or 19 million people. Uh -huh. And from those people just in Italy, there are something like 3 million. And uh, the number of immigrants probably of Romanians who are, in, uh, who are abroad, are living abroad definitively or just uh, temporarily, maybe it's around six, seven or eight millions, who knows. So this is one of the biggest problems in Romania. And the second one, and that's uh, maybe the worst, uh, it's the aging of the population and the demographic uh, uh, disaster. It's a real uh, demographic winter. And this cannot be reversed at all. So it's, uh, it's practically uh, uh, something that's fatal, so to, fatal, so to say. It's unavoidable. So uh, immigration together with this demographic disaster uh, are two major problems. And uh, any discussion about Romania, including a discussion about the Catholic Church here, uh, is conditioned by these two big problems. And uh, generally speaking, when it's about Catholic Church, uh, here in Romania, there are two uh, uh, types of Catholic Church, is the Roman Catholic Church, and uh, here, like in Ukraine, is uh, the Greek Catholic Church. Uh, both are in the same situation, more or less, regarding the number. Uh, they are very tiny communities, and they are disappearing. They are vanishing uh, because of both the immigration and the demographic decline, the aging of the population. So. Um, maybe from inside, but from outside too, someone would say that in 50 years here won't be Catholics anymore. And it's probable. It, it can be so, because the situation is so bad. Just one thing about my diocese, my Roman Catholic diocese. Uh, before 1995, there were something like 160 uh, parishes. So 160, 160, and now are less than 70, 70. A lot of them just uh, were uh, just uh, disappeared because the, of the migration and of the aging of the population. So the, the number of the Catholics is continually decreasing. So this is a, a problem. And uh, with this uh, comes uh, uh, the situation of uh, the tradition. Actually, there's no Catholic tradition here no trace of tradition. No one knows about uh, the Gregorian mass, the liturgy of ages, no one knows about tradition. And uh, the few uh, Roman Catholic theologians, those who are professors in uh, the seminary from Yash, Yash is one of the major cities in Romania, uh, in Moldavia, uh, usually um, uh, present uh, the liturgy of the ages and everything that was pre-conciliar as something that belongs to the past, and must remains in the past. 
So it's completely excluded any uh, opening regarding the, tradi the tradition that's uh, before the Second Vatican Council um, in all the possible ways, including the theological way and liturgical, and of course the liturgy of the ages as such. So that's why in Romania there is no place where the liturgy of the ages is offered. Nothing like that. And if there were some uh, very few Catholics who tried to ask priests or bishops about that, they were usually very strongly rejected. And uh, I know here in Timisha some uh, Catholics uh, like those, but uh, now actually I'm almost alone because they left Romania. They emigrated themselves in Germany, in Italy, now uh, another friend in Switzerland. So. This is the situation. No trace of uh, Catholic tradition and liturgy of ages here. So that's all. I can say exactly as Joseph wrote in a, in a previous message, in a previous email, there is nothing. It was uh, Joseph's exclamation in his message. Yeah, he, yes, it's true. Here is nothing. Yes, yes. Well, would you say that the, the rate of emigration is greater among Roman Catholics than the general population? No, 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 no. It's just about everyone. Doesn't have any relationship with uh, the uh, religious confession or something like that. No, it's about everyone. Sure, sure. Well, well, um, the, the next aspect of, of your situation is something which I, I wanted to raise was something which we which you do have in common, although as I, we noticed that, you know, there's this very big contrast. Russia, of course, is a, a very small Catholic minority, which is um, uh, based on uh, largely uh, uh, Polish emigre community. Um, in, in Poland, a completely different situation, a very large, vigorous Catholic church, um, albeit perhaps one in decline, but nevertheless a big pool to, to fish in, if you like, um, and, and, um, and Romania, um, somewhat more like Russia, but, but um, where the, the tradition is, is much less developed. Um, but what you have in common is, is the experience until the end of the 1980s of communism. And um, I wanted to ask you, and I think this would be of great interest to, to those of us in, in the West who are, who are seeing this bizarre, bizarre revival of Marxism as, as, a, as an intellectual movement in the West. Um, we don't have to go through all the aspects of communism, but how do you think communism affected civil society, the family, uh, social attitudes, and how is that still affecting you now in relation to, you know, the, the, the situation with the traditional mass and the, the church, the church generally? The, uh, Oleg, I mean, Russia, Russia had it worst, obviously. Yes, I'm afraid so. Uh, but first of all, I would have to say that uh, uh, Catholics in Russia are not uh, only Poles uh, nowadays. Uh, there used to be a huge uh, Polish, uh, communi Polish Catholic community, but also Germans, uh, Lithuanians, and many others. Uh, but uh, and and by the way, uh, most of them were not immigrants into. Uh, the territory of modern Russia, but rather exiles uh, sent uh, by the uh, first by the Tsar's regime and uh, then by Stalin's regime to to Siberia and so on. 
uh, even though so, some of them, of course, came uh, on their own. Uh, but uh, nowadays, uh, most of so-called ethnic Catholics, which means ethnic Poles, ethnic Germans, and so on, so on, uh, have moved uh, to to their fatherlands, and uh, they were replaced in our parishes by ethnic Russians, uh, mostly Rus Russians or people of uh, uh, various other uh, local eth ethnic backgrounds. Converts. Uh, yes, converts. I, I am a convert, actually. Um, I, I do not have any uh, ethnic Catholic uh, forefathers, as far as far as I know, at least. Uh, so, uh, and now to answer your question about communism uh, and how it affected, uh, for example, the family. Well, it's it's complicated, actually. Uh, it's a kind of a twofold uh, issue because uh, you know the the early Bolsheviks they were uh, hugely anti-family uh, and because uh, for them uh, a family was uh, something uh, you know outdated and belonging to to the past to the uh, to the world that way they uh, wanted to to eliminate to destroy and uh, for example uh, as you probably know uh, Soviet Russia was uh, the first uh, country the first government in Europe to legalize abortion mm -hmm. uh, in October 1920 so we kind of well, uh, celebrated is, is not the proper word but we, we marked that date uh, last year, uh, but later on, uh, it seems like uh, they decided that they could, uh, you know, exploit uh, family values, conservative family values uh, for their own, uh, for, the, for their own uh, aims. And uh, for example, abortion uh, was, uh, outlawed uh, after the Second World War, I think, uh, by, the Stalin's by the Stalin government. Uh, of course, not because uh, he was, uh, you know, uh, sympathetic to, to children being killed, uh, but instead uh, because he wanted to, and he, actually the country needed to uh, increase its uh, populace after the war. And in fact, the same happened in China, where we all know that uh, China used to, to force abortion on, on its citizens. But there was a period in Chinese history uh, under Mao when abortion was uh, absolutely prohibited. Because, uh, again, because after the war, they, they wanted to increase the populace. Uh, so... Uh, for example, another example which we can mention here uh, is that uh, divorce in later Soviet uh, realities, in uh, after after the the war, of course, uh, was uh, something which was frowned upon greatly. And if you wanted to file a divorce, uh, you and your wife could be taken to. A meeting of the uh, trade union at, uh, in uh, communist countries, uh, as you probably should know, 
uh, trade unions are uh, bodies uh, w- which everyone must be a member of. Uh, so you were t- taken to uh, the meeting of that uh, local cell and scolded greatly uh, for, uh, like, you know, uh, you, you uh, weren't taken to a priest because, of course, uh, it's not something which communists do. But instead, you were t- taken to, to the party leaders or the trade union leaders and uh, made, uh, uh, you know, put put in a, a very uncomfortable situation. <laughs> uh, so it it all uh, it all depends indeed, and uh, homosexual practices, for example, were also uh, cr- criminally pun- uh, punishable in Soviet Union up until I don't know 1990s. Oh, uh, they, they were decriminalized in modern Russia. So, uh, and on, on the other hand, of course, uh, now we have uh, uh, probably the highest abortion rate in Europe, as far, as far as I can say, or one of the highest at least. And uh, unfortunately, the same is also true for divorce. Is that, would you say that's a result of, of communism or of the disappearance of communism? I mean, is it, is it, is it, is it the gap that's left behind by communism or is it, was it the effect of communism on, on social attitudes and the institution of the family and things working out in the longer term? Well, Probably not. I cannot uh, say for sure because I'm not a sociologist, of course. Uh, but uh, there were many uh, single mothers in in the late Soviet Union as well. And one thing I've heard said about about Russia you know, with abortion is that as as time went on, contraception wasn't widely available but abortion was very very easy i don't know whether that's whether that's an accurate accurate summary that it it, it became it became a kind of very very kind of routine thing in the 80s i suppose Uh, well uh it might it might be true that uh contraception uh was uh not as uh as developed as, as popular in late Soviet Union as it was uh, in the West during the same period of time. Uh, but, well, I, actually, I, I, wasn't, uh, I wasn't around uh, back then. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm, I'm probably the youngest among uh, all those present. <laughs> so, uh, Still, you're, 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 you're living in this, in this country where the, the communism has, has, was, was embedded for 70 years. And it's, 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 it's because it's now hard to distinguish, you know, communism from, you know, Russia, from, you know, Russian <laughs> society, Russian attitudes, um, you know, things like, you know, attitude to rules yeah. and attitude to the rule of law and all those sorts of things. It, it, it's become difficult to see the wood for the trees, but we'll come, we'll come, 
back back to the Russian experience. Um, Yaroslav, what do you what do you think? Um, you know, in Poland, um, like everybody or mo or most everybody uh, knew that communism is something uh, kind of of scam and and. Uh, it, it starts to it it is it start to 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 be a uh, in society to be such double mentality double thinking you know and officially yes communism is good we don't want to be persecuted we want to have some privileges but in his hearts in in, in the hearts of people and in in family families in in just informal conversation everybody said that no communism is is something uh, is fraud and and we don't want to live in this communism so it was for um, this this double thinking uh, this double speak was good for people for for a short time but for a longer time it makes uh, it, it makes it made uh, some difficulties some some destroying the the mentality destroying the morality because you know if you are prepared if you used to think and to act and uh, with a uh, uh, double standards uh, it's it's affect your your life your 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 morality etc etc mm -hmm. uh, we, 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 i should say i should add that poland was considered as, as a more most uh, liberal communism i mean liberal not that uh, anti something like we you, you think about liberal uh, liberalism in, uh, in 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 west yes but uh, liberal as a we, we, for instance, the churches was open. The bishops could be uh, chosen by by uh, pope, etc. Uh, for instance, the, the the farmers was free to have uh, some soil, some fields, as as wasn't in Russia. There was, uh, I think, Oleg, you, you, he he confirmed that was a kolkhoz and sovkhoz, etc. And Poland, there was no such 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 thinkings and this this uh, free market. There was a. The, small free market i could say that it was small uh, kind of free market in poland so uh, as as it was uh, more more liberal uh, we we have uh, also very liberal culture which could um, which could joke about communism for instance there was such uh, um, such slogan that poland is most funny barrack in system of communist gulags because there was a uh, <laughs> Oleg is smiling because there was uh, it, it's also because of this double thinking because uh, there was lots of cabarets uh, which uh, was uh, used different uh, different um, uh, description about what's going on but under the quite different uh, words it it it, it and so uh, censorship couldn't act in this uh, in in just uh, a sharp way because uh, because of, of this very funny uh, double speak yeah mm -hmm. uh, so i could say as as to abortion Yes, it was also a very big problem in Poland. But nowadays, as, as maybe you know, uh, there was in, in uh, no, November of last November, the, the Supreme Court of Poland uh, um, stopped, uh, almost eliminate a legal uh, possibility of abortion, almost, because there are some exceptions. Mm, and it makes great um, stri uh, strife on the streets and of Poland from the liberal leftist and etc. 
just we can say that uh, even if this with this um, exceptions, uh, uh, it's counted that's about uh, almost one uh, thousand of uh, unborn children is killed uh, due to abortion. Uh, f some feminist organization said that it's not one, not not. It's very small. It's it's not uh, one thousand, but it's much more. It's about half of million. But of course, it's it's not true. But this illegal uh, abortion could be uh, performed by by, uh, for instance, uh, uh, in foreign countries in in. Uh, 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 abroad, just in Slovakia and in Czech Republic, maybe, of course, I don't believe that it's only 1000 abortion in Poland now, but but uh, I, I, the, the real numbers are, 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 are not known, I think. Uh, what else, uh, what else affected Polish uh, in during the communism? Uh, I think this. This uh, I think, as I said, this, this double double mentality, double thick. Uh, for instance, I could say it's such anecdote uh, that uh, the former um, the former primate of Polish, uh, Cardinal Glemp, uh, his brother was a, a member of Communist Party. <laughs> so. You know, it is in one family. Uh, there was one. One was a primate of of of, of uh, Catholic primate of Poland, and this, the second brother was a, a communist apparatchik. Of course, not on a high position, but I think that the first secretary of of county of or, or of town. But uh, this this makes, uh, for instance, uh, people lived even who just was in the communist party just baptized the, 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 the children. They had a Catholic marriages. Um, for, for instance, they, they, they go to the other, the other cities, other towns uh, to, 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 to get the sacraments, but they still uh, was a such cultural Catholic. I don't know if they believe or not. Maybe I don't want, I don't want to, to, to go to, to the conscious, but this, this cultural Catholic was very, very strong and um, and this this mentality uh, uh, still still exists, and for instance, this these uh, people uh, who who do who uh, uh, who who's lived in in such way are not a good example for a young people because if if, if some for instance if if his old people say his children you must go to the church because your mother go my mother go everybody polish are go this young people say why you just you are hypocrite you go and you for instance you you lie you 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 do something wrong and you go because because it is it's culture it's a tradition i don't understand it and and there was no so so deep um, uh, Catholicism in 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 many around many people was not so so well well rooted, you know. And and uh, and of course another another thing what what uh, makes uh, Poland was no uh, what makes uh, what uh, affected Catholicism Poland was no connection. What, it was connection, but it was not not so so strong with uh, ideas of of uh, West of Western Catholicism. What what in this point it, it's good because there was no any big influence of of such uh, errors uh, which came to the after the Second Vatican Council uh, appears in the in the Western Europe, but uh, some. Um, 
ideas of 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 making your spiritual life more important there are some some ideas of of cut of of deep of of theological thoughts did did not come to the poland and the last uh, thing which uh, which uh, which is uh, bad and which affect, affected badly Catholicism in Poland was a uh, attitude of of uh, of of some uh, some some priest or some hierarchy because many of of hierarchies uh, was a secret cooperators or secret agent of 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 communist police communist police. Uh, I don't want to just tell more about it because there are very um, difficult and very um, it's, it's uh, rather rather uh, very complicated situations, but uh, we can say that, uh, for instance, uh, uh, most of the the, the 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 bishops we are just now on a. Um, position on a high position in, in Catholic Church was uh, nominated by not by John Paul II but his secretary Cardinal Givish, <laughs> and uh, this is why there was some some you know uh, it, it's like like corporation you know everybody you know everybody uh, helped each other and there was no uh, there are, there are not uh, Open to the to the positive critic of 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 of, of people of people of church yeah, of, of lay people. The yeah. issue of, of the implementation of asking to in Poland is, is something which is which is much discussed in, yeah. in the West. And and one of the things that, that, that people say or used to say, um, because of course the situation has been evolving, um, is that uh, Poland is perhaps even a model of how things should have been done because it was done without the extremes of, of uh, liturgical abuses and communion in the mm -hmm. hand and, and, and things like things like that. Uh, as of, of course, the, the primate, uh, primate uh, Cardinal Wyszynski uh, just made a very uh, strict and um, recommendation of implementing uh, this this reforms as it was uh, just in a Vatican Council documents. Uh, so with such with even with a such uh, um, leaning to the traditional uh, uh, attitude, yes. With uh, as as you said, there was no any altar there altar servers. Uh, there was no communion on the on the on the hand uh, as as. As I remember, as a child, uh, in the, on Sunday there was only the the first uh, Eucharistic prayer, uh, Canon Romanum. Then there, that, now they are changed, but of course, but but as 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 far as I remember, for instance, my my um, pastor uh, who sat after the the building the church after rebuilding the church, uh, some of them, some of uh, councillors sat him that uh, she should uh, take away uh, tabernacle from the from the middle of the church to the uh, side altar to the side chapel, and he said, no, it's not possible. Jesus, Lord Jesus, must be in the side, in the middle of, of the church. Mm -hmm. So this this attitude was really very 
widespread around the 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 the, the church, the clergy, and 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 the faithful. Um, I think the, the this changes uh, this changes start to um, appear uh, after uh, in the in the 80s uh, and much more in the 90s. And for instance, we had some um, movement uh, in a church uh, which is called uh, Oasis, which uh, uh, grouped uh, young people. Which um, even I was I was I was and when I was young, I I, I belonged to this to this movement which made uh, some uh, retreats during the summer, which activate liturgically, soci soci sociologically, uh, in every part of, 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 of Catholic life, many young people, but and it give the Catholic church many, many uh, vocation, but uh, the, the, I, I, I uh, recognize, I, um, I, I, I'm very happy that I belong to, the, to this movement, from 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 this part that uh, it uh, just deeper my my faith yeah as a young as a young man but uh, unfortunately it was um, based on a protestant um, ideology plus catholic uh, devotion plus catholic uh, marian devotion and eucharistic belief yeah right. and uh, more, more and more people more and more um, and, uh, and lots of uh, uh, priests who are now in, in uh, who are even now bishops or just uh, high clergy in Poland uh, comes from this movement and they have just um, uh, told that uh, okay this uh, attitude of, of uh, traditionalism which was in Polish church in seven even after implementation of, of uh, norm uh, in 70s was not so good. Uh, it's better that uh, better to, to have such um, uh, attitude like in this in this movement. Of course, there was no many abuse liturgical abuses, but this tendency uh, to the making liturgically and Protestantization of of, of Catholic mentality was as now I can now evaluate it. It, it, it was still. In, in this movement. Uh, so, yeah, yeah you that's, understand. That's extremely interesting. I, I, I wonder to what extent that's parallel to, to what we have here. Mm. Often, um, the, the things to which young Catholics are directed um, have, um, as you say, I mean, the, the, the liturgy is Catholic, obviously, sometimes it's quite conservative, um, and there's a lot of Eucharistic adoration and, you know, the Marian, Marian devotions and things like that. But also, there's a kind of there's a kind of attitude which is not really very Catholic at all. It owes more to charismatic Protestant yeah, yes, models. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Um, it's an emotional, anti-intellectual. Yes, um, yes, yes. Individual yes, connection yes. with Jesus is very emphasized. Um, and um, that people, I mean, it's all about making the young people um, have this kind of very strong emotional um, experience. Um, yeah. And they go away thinking, oh, I really felt, you know, I really felt something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they really felt something because, because they were, you know, they were a bit high on the kind of atmosphere and the kind of yes, yes, exactly. in their thoughts. And yes, exactly. When I first... It's not a religious experience, it's something else. Yes. <laughs> 
Yes, and, and they, they lack this, this traditional uh, attitude, this traditional liturgy. For, for instance, when I first met with traditional Latin mass, I said, wow, it's something what I missed for uh, so many years. I was living in such, uh, such Catholic, Catholic-like world, not, yeah. not really Catholic <laughs> world, yes? It's, it's something like that, yes. Well, let's, 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 let's hear from Robert, because we can't, we can't see, we can see each other, we can't see Robert, I don't want to leave, leave Robert out. So what was it like in Romania? Robert, I think, is the oldest of us. I'm 50 years old. I don't know if I'm old, the oldest, but I'm 50. <laughs> uh, as me, me too. Okay, so we are the same. Um, I fully agree with something that uh, has been mentioned by Yaroslav. It's um, what we can name a split mind. And that was one of the major uh, bad consequences of the communism. Uh, exactly as Yaroslav said, uh, people um, have been trained, educated to think one way and to say something completely different. And in some cases, maybe the opposite of what they really think. And this is uh, something extremely bad. Actually, uh, there is a brilliant French scholar, uh, probably you have heard about uh, Alain Bessanson, mm -hmm. who is specialized uh, in uh, studying, uh, and he, he published a lot of uh, studies about the Russian communism, and uh, especially, but generally speaking, about uh, communism and the ideology behind the communism. And uh, he mentioned something extremely important. He says that uh, actually for the communists, um, wasn't so desirable to have people who think uh, as communists, but it was better for them to have people who think uh, in their own way. And when they were convoked by the party, the communist party, they just uh, praise the communist party. So it's exactly about educating people to have split minds. And this is what communism created. And uh, uh, it was a sort of education based on lies and on this type of split mind. So it was very good if uh, Romanians told jokes about the dictator, Nicolae Ceausescu, in their homes. But it was perfect for the communists um, uh, when they were at the uh, party of the communists. Uh, the Communist Party, everything was just about uh, the dictator and everything was fine and uh, the dictator was praised and so on. So they just uh, told those jokes in their homes, but actually publicly, they didn't express their way of thinking. They, it was exactly the opposite. And that's the result of the communist education, split minds, to have split personalities. Uh, this is one... Why, why did they prefer that than the, the zealous, committed, sincere communists? Because people like those are easily to be manipulated. Right. It's, it's about character. Someone who has a strong character could be eventually a Trotskyist. And that was something very dangerous yeah. for communists because those were idealists. And those type of idealists can be really dangerous because they were so eager just to, to unmask the errors of other communist leaders. <laughs> and they didn't want to have that kind of leaders. They prefer just to have people that were uh, manipul uh, people who can be manipulated. Yeah. 
and with strong characters, that's not possible. So that's one thing. The second thing, especially in Romania, but I, I suppose that uh, this can be uh, uh, found in other communist countries, uh, it's, it was a very strange effect. Um, the, the promotion of communist values and uh, the continually, uh, they, they tried all the time the communists just to provoke a sort of uh, a negative reaction of uh, Romanian people against Western capitalist values. For instance, uh, it was usual to see on Romanian television around 1980s TV shows created in the United States like Dallas. I suppose that maybe you heard about that TV show. It was about a big clan, a big uh, a Texan family. Uh, okay. Those were petrolists. They had a lot of they have a lot of money, and uh, the TV show it's about their life. And of course, it was uh, uh, much corruption. There were many problems, and that TV show was presented like a sort of negative negative example. Look how <laughs> is the life of Western people? Look how they live. <laughs> You know, that's something bad. That's why you have to go on the communist path toward the, the future uh, perfect society. But the effect was quite the contrary. It was quite the reverse. Yeah. Actually, uh, that kind of uh, uh, propaganda just um, raised a first in the souls of Romanians for Western values, those decadent Western values. And that's a big problem. That's why for many, many Romanians, and that was my case too, the only uh, country that really existed around 1980s, 1975, 1985, so uh, in, in uh, that period of time when I was uh, a child or eventually a teenager, the only country that existed for us was, you cannot believe maybe, United States of America. All of us wanted to be Americans. Uh, I can remember the, the key question when we discussed about movies. Uh, one friend of mine told me, you know, it will be a nice movie this evening. And the question was always the same. Is that movie an American one or not? <laughs> it's not American, doesn't matter. <laughs> so for many Romanian people, Western countries, and especially United States, were a sort of myth, something like a legend. And everyone wanted to go there. And when they had the opportunity to go there, they actually did that. And they are still doing that <laughs> in big numbers. When I work at the West, uh, Western University here in Timisoara, uh, I used to ask my students, uh, if you will finish the faculty, your studies, okay, are you going to work here in Romania or to go abroad? Nine from 10 answered that they actually are preparing themselves to go abroad, to leave Romania. So this is a major trend. And this trend was induced mainly when it's about uh, my generation and the generation of my parents uh, by the communists through their through the propaganda against the Western uh, decadent countries and values. And this of course uh, uh, have extraordinary consequences. So it's like a first for Western decadent values. And that could be seen uh, since the first moment of uh, the, the, the Romanian after the revolution in 1989. And here I mention the worst example. The, this is the, the, the most negative example that I can be mentioned. Uh, both Oleg and Yaroslav um, uh, mentioned the question uh, of the abortion. In 1967, 
in Romania, the dictator, Nicolae Ceausescu, the last Romanian communist dictator who was killed, who was executed in 1989, yeah. uh, promoted a law, promulgated a law that completely forbade abortion. So um, what, the only type of abortion that was permitted was the so-called therapeutical abortion in the case of uh, when uh, the mother life was in danger. But otherwise, no type of abortion was possible. The reason for which I'm able to talk with you this evening is precisely that law. Because my mother told me before she died in uh, 1995 that actually she tried to abort me. But because of that law, that thing wasn't possible legally. And that's why I survived. Because of a law against abortion promoted, promulgated by a dictator, by a communist dictator. And why did uh, that dictator uh, do something like that? First, because he noticed that actually the liberalization of sexual life and the contraception had extraordinary consequences and the population um, uh, started to decline. But second, because he wanted, of course, a big army, like uh, the Russian army. And he, for that, he needed uh, as many citizens as possible. And uh, he uh, thought that actually it's possible to, uh, to do something. And first of all, to make abortion illegal. And that's why Ceausescu, who was a communist dictator with communist mentality, for sure, uh, promoted that law. But many of my colleagues of generation, including me and my wife, survived just because of that law. But what was the consequence of that law promoted by a communist dictator? In the mentality of the Romanian people, the abortion and any kind of law against abortion is associated with the dictatorship of a communist uh, tyrant. And the first law promulgated immediately after the Romanian revolution in 1989, December 1989, was a law for abortion. So you can imagine and understand now why in 1997, 1998, Romania was the first when it's about the number of abortion in the whole Europe. It was Oleg before uh, uh, in the front of Russia when it's about abortion, proportionally speaking, in that period of time it was a disaster. And now uh, it's almost inconceivable to have any sort of politician in Romania who dares to talk to speak publicly against abortion. Even the so-called center-right politicians, they don't touch the issue of abortion. It's taboo. Precisely because if you are doing that, you are immediately your adversary will say that, ah, you are like the dictator. You are like the communist dictator, Nikolai Ceausescu. And the result of this is the demographic uh, disaster. Because now, even uh, officially, they are preparing us first for being completely poor when we'll be old. We won't have any kind of, uh, of uh, money from the state, even we are paying taxes. Why? Because actually the population is continually decreasing. The number is, uh, is uh, incredibly, incredibly small. And uh, more than that, uh, nothing can be done. So anyone knows about this, but anyone uh, address the issue of the abortion. So this is a direct consequence of the communists. And I do not imply through this that actually that law 
promulgated by a communist dictator was a bad one because that law uh, paradoxically saved a lot of lives. And as I, I mentioned, I'm alive just because of that law. Yeah. My mom told me, you know, if that uh, law uh, didn't exist, I, uh, I would abort you. But fortunately for me, the law was promulgated when the, I was conceived. So these are some consequences. And now we are just, uh, we are just uh, overwhelmed by the consequences of those facts. And uh, I don't know if something can be done. The only thing that I can tell you is the fact that here in the, the Roman Catholic Diocese of Timisoara, uh, my family is the only one, no, actually still just one another family with more than two or three children. I am a father of seven, and there is another one family with eight children. But there are just two families like ours in the whole diocese where there are something like, let's say five or 6,000 families, Catholic families. Mm -hmm. So it's absolutely uh, unusual and unconceivable to have many children. Uh, generally speaking in Romania and particularly speaking in the case of Roman Catholics and Greek Catholics in Romania. So it's, it's a complete disaster, I can say. But we try at least to educate our children to have uh, good families. And I'm happy to mention this uh, together with you this evening. We are waiting, me and my wife, our first grandchildren. <laughs> our daughter is married and she is uh, almost ready to uh, give birth to her first children. So we are happy for this. But otherwise, the situation is really bad when it's about demographics here. And uh, first of all, I suppose Poland is a great country, uh, not just historically speaking or culturally speaking, or, uh, but uh, uh, numerically speaking, you have 40 million citizens. <laughs> so Almost, you, yeah. And many of them are Catholics even though it's about uh, a small percent uh, of those who are really uh, Catholics who practice their faith, but still you have, uh, as uh, Joseph mentioned uh, earlier, um, uh, the, the, the fishbowl is still a big one. But uh, if you don't have people, you, you cannot have any yeah, kind of- Yeah, people. yes, yes, you're right, you're right. So the, the next thing I wanted to ask each of you was, um, how things have developed since since the fall of Congress. We've, we've, we've dealt with that to some extent already. Um, but um, in particular, in the relation, in, in the, the place of religion in society and um, the culture internal to the church. So the questions of clericalism, conservatism, the reception of Western ideas, uh, theological liberalism and, and, and things like that. Uh, Robert's already mentioned the way that, that um, the, the theological liberalism has 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 trumped in in the you know the very small catholic world of of, of romania um clearly the situation is is somewhat more 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 complex in in poland but um oleg um, how's the how's the the, the 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 small catholic church in in russia i mean how, how has that um established itself culturally and what what sort of a church is it i mean is it is it is it a is it a, a top-down Kind of church. I mean, is it, are you are you um, is is it dominated by kind of intellectuals of a, of a conservative or a liberal bent or or, 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 or what? Well, I think uh, it could be safely said that uh, the Catholic Church in Russia is 
just like uh, the Catholic Church uh, in Europe, but simply built on smaller scale. Uh, because uh, we, are, we are so tiny and we have so uh, such, a, such a small number of local vocations. Uh, maybe uh, every, every year maybe is uh, one priest ordained, two priests, or no priests at all. Uh, that we still have to rely on uh, foreign clergy. Uh, many come from Poland, of course, and some from, from Belarus, from Ukraine, and so on, but uh, also from, from everywhere, from Germany, from Africa. Uh, and uh, they, they bring the ideas uh, native to, to their own turf, uh, and it can be quite conservative. It can be very liberal. Uh, maybe we do not have uh, such excesses as uh, they have now in Germany, for example. Even though we, we, we do have uh, a German bishop and uh, some German clergy. Uh, but uh, neither do we have uh, many uh, traditional uh, priests, traditionally minded priests, as, as in America, for example. Uh, so, so it's 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 uh, more or less uh, plain without excess, great excesses uh, to this or that uh, side. Yeah. Uh, but does the does the the fact that you are a, a, a minority? among Christians in Russia, I mean, does, does the, the, rea the, the, the lived reality of the Russian Orthodox Church there, I mean, does that have an effect? And the Russian Orthodox Church, of course, is, 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 you know, is, a, is a, obviously a complex phenomenon, but it, liturgically, in, in, in a number of obvious ways, it, it, it would come across to most, you know, most, most European Catholics as being very, very kind of, well, old-fashioned. Um, is, 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 how, how does, you know, how do, how do Russian Catholics kind of deal with that well pr probably uh it is uh you know an, an effect uh much like what uh, robert uh, told us about uh the influence of uh, communism on uh, the abortion rate in uh, romania because yes indeed the russian orthodox church is liturgically a very uh traditional, we may say, they have very beautiful liturgies indeed. Uh, and uh, often enough, uh, when we say that, uh, oh, come on, we, we want a beautiful liturgy in, in a sacred language, uh, and so on, so on, uh, people tell us, well, it's not Catholic, it's an Orthodox thing, <laughs> thing to, to, to have a sacred language, for example. Even though, uh, yeah. even though, yeah, yeah. Sorry. sorry, because of the time lag in in, in yeah. Zoom, it, it, it's it's very difficult to, to to have a normal conversation. But go on, then you, you you say what you want to say. Yes, even though uh, in uh, late nineteenth century or maybe even early twentieth, I'm not quite sure. Uh, there was a book published uh, by the uh, Orthodox Church, which was called An Anti-Catholic Catechism. Uh, 
and uh, one of the, one of the things that uh, it said what what is bad about Catholics is that uh, they have a liturgy in a language which nobody understands, which is Latin, and we the Orthodox uh, have our liturgies in uh, the uh, national language which is Church Slavonic, which, which is actually absolutely not the, the same language as uh, vernacular Russian is. But uh, that's what the, this book said. Nowadays, it's, uh, it is very funny to read it. That, that's very curious because, I mean, now that sounds like they, they, they've got a, um, a Protestant criticism of, of, um, of Catholicism and, and tried, to, tried to reuse it. <laughs> Oh yes, indeed, indeed. Uh, you know, uh, my wife's uh, grandmother was a. Uh, she died uh, several years ago. Uh, she was uh, a very uh, devout Russian Orthodox, and uh, uh, it, uh, on a certain uh, moment in her life, she went uh, to the local Baptist congregation. And when her priest, uh, the Orthodox priest, uh, told her, but ma'am, what are you doing? They are Protestants, they are Baptists, they are heretics. Uh, she told him, uh, but father, they uh, say, so they scold Catholics uh, so seriously that they, they must be very good uh, Christians. <laughs> Yes, even it's, though I, I'm, I'm not sure she saw any any Catholic uh, in her life, <laughs> but it was so important for her to to have Catholics scolded by the preacher. There's a there's a long history of 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 Protestants, I mean particularly Anglicans, trying to trying to present themselves as as you know the, the like an orthodox church and, and trying to make friends with with orthodox oh look we have so much in common we both reject the papacy but in fact of course there's also a huge huge contrast it's 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 very interesting what you say and i know that I mean, robert in, in previous conversations he, he said something similar about the the um the catholics the catholic clergy and catholic intellectuals in romania don't have a high opinion of the romanian orthodox church um because they're, they're liberals, they're liberal Catholics, and they don't they don't like what what the you know, Orthodox liturgy is like, and, and so on. And it's 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 very interesting, and I think an important phenomenon for we in the West to to understand, because in the West, Orthodox Christianity, Eastern Christianity, I should say, um, is is given an extraordinarily high um, respect. Um, there's a there's a kind of general there's a sort of general Western self hatred <laughs> which you've probably seen it, which manifests itself in all sorts of ways and and the the only kind of Christianity which is really kind of culturally acceptable is a kind of Christianity which has its roots in in a in a, in a, in a culture which is as different from ours as possible. Um, without being associated with colonialism. So, so Russian Orthodoxy and, and, and Greek Orthodoxy, they're, they're, they're great. And they say, oh, and, and, you, and these Western liberals, they go into rhapsodies about, you know, icons and Eastern spirituality and, you know, mysticism and, you know, Mount Athos. And they get more and more and more excited. And you say to them, well, look, 
what they're doing is very similar in many ways to Western traditional Catholicism, and they don't like that at all. They kind of, oh, no, no, somehow it's completely different. So there's this kind of very, it's a very interesting that the liberals, when they're actually, they're forced to confront in, in you know, in the reality of, of the Eastern churches, um, they, they, they end up singing a different tune. Um, and it, it's something which we, I made a point of in, in preparing the position papers. You, there's a position paper on the Eastern churches. Many of the attacks on the traditional liturgy, the traditional Western liturgy, obviously apply equally to the Eastern liturgy. And there's no way you can get around that. I mean, if you say that liturgy, that the mass must be celebrated facing the people, the, um, for example, then you're rejecting the entire liturgical experience of, of, of the Oriental churches. But um, I shouldn't go on myself. Um, Yaroslav, what do you think? Um, so since the form of communism, what kind of a Catholic church have you ended up with? You're muted, Yaroslav. Sorry. Okay, I think first of all I should um, say some. I, I should uh, take some um, uh, introduction that Poland uh, is was after the Second World War was about seventy or eighty percent was a uh, village village had a village village population. So you know, villagers are mostly um, conservative conservatives with uh, some kind of um, magical magic uh, thinking which was uh, have uh, which affected uh, very strongly on a polish uh, catholic church and polish polish catholics and um, this is why maybe this is why this is why uh, uh, poland is so good uh, survived the communist era because uh, no, it's 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 better to 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 fight with uh, intellectuals. It was better to 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 fight with intellectuals, Catholic Catholic intellectualists, than with uh, just no not very educated uh, lay people from the villages. Yes, and and uh, and it was um, very uh, and and it when we come to the end of of communism in ninety. Uh, 1990, uh, uh, we we really have a even after this in, in implementation of of of, of uh, a Catholic of of a second uh, Vatican Council reforms. Uh, I, and of course, I, I should add also that uh, the, the the choice of of John Paul II as a as a pope uh, has also a very very big. Uh, impact of, of Poland and Polish people. Uh, so uh, we so we still had a very such village um, village conservative uh, uh, thinking uh, as a, as a nation as as a Catholic. Uh, for instance, uh, and of course this uh, thought does this, this uh, no 
theological knowledge uh, um, which was uh, done, which was uh, said during the sermons of John Paul II, uh, was also uh, has also give big big impact on of of, of Polish of Polish church. And of course, as you know, John Paul II wasn't traditionalist, but his moral teaching was uh, conservative and traditional. Yes. So uh, even when 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 uh, even 20 or 25 years ago when I first uh, 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 heard about uh, such um, uh, heretics from a uh, from church from German church like for instance uh, Dreverman or or something like that who wanted to uh, to, to ordinate the woman who said that um, uh, homosexual homosexual couple could just marriage, um, I, I said, oh, it will never be in Poland. It will be something. It's so so stupid. It's so so uncatholic that uh, I hope that it will never come to the Poland. And nowadays, uh, it's unfortunately it's changed a little bit, especially some. Um, some some uh, orders which are uh, which um, put their uh, awareness to this to um, uh, intellectual uh, education uh, of their members like Dominicans and the Jesuits are the most I think it's it's a tenden tendency all over the world but in, in Poland it's it's very well well seen. Uh, try to uh, undermine this, this Catholic, this traditional um, teaching uh, in the case of, 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 of sexual morality, of, of, of uh, churches, uh, of, uh, of um, uh, ordinating the, the, the woman, etc. All this, all this, all the stuff which, which are now in, a, in, a, in, in the Western Europe, um, more step by step is coming to the Poland. And unfortunately, uh, Polish episcopate, uh, in my opinion, do not uh, nothing or maybe not nothing, but uh, act not so uh, hard and not so sharp as they do with a traditionalist, you know. So, so, so such, such, uh, the, 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 this is a, the, the, this is a Polish, this attitude of, 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 of Polish church nowadays. You're on mute, Joseph. I'm on. You are quite right, Robert. I'm on mute. <laughs> Sorry, um, Robert. How would you how would you say um, that the the Catholic Church in, in in Romania has has developed since the fall of communism? What, what sort of a church have you ended up with? I don't know. Maybe the best way to express this is as a sort of conclusion of everything that happened before the current uh, period of the church is the fact that it's a very servile and obedient church of Pope Francis. That means uh, it embracing all the heresies that are spread in the church. Uh, they implement with uh, great uh, happiness, uh, Amoris Laetitia and everything related to. So um, since uh, 2015, um, pr practically speaking, uh, and since um, 2017, I guess, almost completely, all my relationships with uh, Catholic theologians or priests here are completely broken, mm -hmm. because I denounced and I said things against uh, the heresies and the situation. 
but uh, actually they seem to be very happy with um, this uh, path of destruction of Catholic morality. And uh, in this case, it's not uh, about some uh, orders that are promoted uh, uh, extremely liberal and progressivistic uh, values or interpretations, but it's uh, just about uh, everyone, so to say. And um, when it's about lay people, it's uh, that kind, they are dominated by uh, that kind of uh, servile, uh, bad obedience. So everything can be changed. Nothing matters, actually. For instance, you know, that says at the beginning of the pandemic and uh, all the madness related to this, um, the bishop uh, imposed the communion in hand, uh, mandatory, without any alternative. Mm -hmm. And everyone accepted that without any comment. So uh, if someone tried to say something, there was something like two or uh, three friends of mine, they were uh, completely dismissed, uh, somehow excommunicated, so to say, marginalized and excluded from, uh, from uh, the small Catholic community here. So this is the trend. This is the direction. Is the church of Pope Francis. Uh, there are um, uh, heretics uh, and uh, well-known liberal thinkers like Cardinal Kasper, who are in uh, Romania Catholic church at their home. And they used to make visits here, et cetera, et cetera. And that's uh, related to the fact that uh, our priests are formed usually in Germany. And uh, some of the money in Romania, it's true, the Catholic Church doesn't uh, receive uh, money from the state. And uh, there were many uh, trials and uh, discussions about recovering some of the properties of the Catholic Church that uh, those who were confiscated by the communists. And they received some, but many of them, uh, uh, they never uh, received them. But uh, the money for the priest usually come from uh, other dioceses, from Germany, from Austria. So you understand the links, mm. so to say. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I understand that the, the German church, which of course has got an enormous amount of money, thanks to the state tax that yes. they take from, yes. um, they, they make a huge contribution to the um, costs of the Catholic Church in Brazil, for example. Ah, very interesting, yes. So it, you know, they, 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 their influence spreads that way. Um, but, um, and that, that, that in fact anticipates the question I, I, I was going to ask you, um, the first half of your, your, your statement, um, I was going to say, well, do you think that if there was a conservative pope, they'd be kind of suddenly peddling backwards and, and <laughs> saying the opposite? Um, but if there's, a, a if there's a if there's a, a connection like that institutional connection, uh, priests being trained in Germany, German money coming in to support them, then then perhaps that isn't so likely. But what, what, what do you think? I think that actually it's a complete protest protestization of the mentality of the clerics, and. Uh, that's mainly because of uh, a sort of thirst for numbers. They would like to have many parishioners, but they don't have that. And I was invited many years ago to deliver some um, lectures for priests. And I was shocked to see that almost all of them used to praise the neo-Protestants. But do you know why? Just because they have numbers. Look, they have so many people in their places, in their halls, and they are able to do and to organize things. And they have a lot of money from United States and so forth. And everything was about neo-Protestants. Right. And the, we have 
actually hear many cases of priests, especially in the case of the Greek Catholics, who left the priesthood, the Catholic priesthood, the Greek Catholic priesthood, in the, some cases, the Roman Catholic priesthood, to become, uh, to become neo-Protestants, pastors. Right. So it's another thing. So I suppose that even with a very conservative, let's say, Pope, uh, I am not sure that this kind of mentality can be reversed. And that is part of the, the kind of cons Western consumerism type of, of, of um, ambition, which, which, which is imbued yes. in Romanian culture. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's, that's, that's very interesting. I and the lack of formation. Right. And maybe maybe uh, I have to emphasize this, and maybe th this can become the core of a future conversation. The lack of formation is is mm -hmm. incredible or is really bad is the worst thing that i can imagine because it's easier and it's usual to see a priest who can quote a heretic or i don't know what kind of liberal thinker in a sermon than to quote saint thomas aquinas mm -hmm. and this is a big huge problem and to mention the roman catechism it's completely forbidden <laughs> it's really completely forbidden or the trent council or no 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 and I met priests who told me directly, oh, you know, professor, I'm, I know that you are a professor of philosophy and you like St. Thomas Aquinas and Salabat, they're great, but I will never come in any of your classes because I don't want to hear and to learn about Thomas Aquinas. And, you know, it's, it's something in their mind. It's another kind of mentality and it's a, a formation against Catholic classical traditional authors and theologians. And this is a big problem, a very big problem. And if they have a sort of formation, all the time it's about feelings. You mentioned this. Mm -hmm. And all the time it's about psychology, psychotherapy, yeah. uh, uh, psychoanalysis, and things like this. You can uh, talk with them about some, with some of them about these kind of things, but not about traditional Catholic theology, unfortunately. Yes, well, I, I think it'll be salutary for, for people, Western Catholics, to listen to this, because, this, this discussion, because what you're describing, of course, is what we're very familiar with. And this has been going on in sure. Western seminaries for you know, 40, 50 years. Yes, yes. Um, and it's, it's uh, there is a, there is a, um, uh, I think, a, there's a phenomenon in, in, in the West, certainly in England, um, of romanticizing the, 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 the Catholic experience under communism and the consequences of that. Um, there's an idea that the very fact that you were persecuted has kind of cast a sort of halo around the churches um, in the different countries. Um, and you know, everything must be marvelous because, oh, because they were persecuted, because it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't follow. Um, there were martyrs, it's true, there were martyrs, for instance, in Romania, almost all the Catholic bishops, both Roman Catholic and Greek Catholic, were martyrs. Right. Some of them uh, explicitly killed by the communists, other of them, with, uh, with, um, uh, they were just put in jail for their lives. But uh, unfortunately, uh, we cannot say that uh, uh, the current situation is somehow related uh, to the virtues of those martyrs, unfortunately. Yes, yes. I think I think one of the reasons for this romantic idea is 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 a is a failure to understand the importance of the institutions of the church, not just the sacraments, but things like 
seminaries, universities, um, the you know, traditions of, of, of catechism and the availability of books and all those sorts of things. And if, if that becomes a huge problem, if these things are destroyed for a generation, two generations, three generations, it has a very weakening effect on the church. And the church which emerges from that may even have a lot of prestige. I mean, certainly the church in Poland, I think, had emerged from Poland with a huge amount of prestige, but how well-educated were Polish priests? Um, to what extent were, you know, Polish bishops implicated in the communist system? I mean, it, it, actually the church was weakened as well, as well as having this, this, this you know, the, the glory of, of, of having a hand in the fall of communism, which was very real. Um, and very much deserved, but there's also, of course, there are negative consequences of, of, yeah. of being in a situation where you can't set up a school. You know, you can't, yeah. people going to university. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, so um, my my final question is um, to bring the whole thing back to the traditional mass. And the, the, these podcasts aren't only about, you know, the concerns of specifically traditional Catholics, but it is, of course, a special interest to each of us here. Um, We've all been working in our own countries to, to promote the traditional mass uh, with, with different, different, very, very different situations and, 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 and levels of success. Um, I'm not going to talk about my own experience, but for you, um, you've explained about how your countries have dealt with, with you know, the problems of communism and how it's affected the church. Um, so the final question is, how is the traditional mass affected by what you've been talking about um, and your expectations for the future. So we stay in the same the same orders before. Oleg, how would you how would you describe that, that situation? Well, the expectations. Uh, God will provide because actually we we now can only put our hopes in God, and I I do not see any bright future for us uh, humanly. Uh, so. Just it's just uh, about uh, praying and uh, trusting in God. Yarosa, uh, I think if uh, any law in church will not will not be changed, uh, just like um, we could expect hope, hopefully not from the Vatican. I think the the development of uh, traditional Latin mass in Poland will be still in, still in progress. And it will be something like uh, different uh, different um, movements in the church, like a remo um, renewal in Holy Spirit or a neocatechumenal neo uh, way, neo way, something like a, like, you know, a, like a movement in, in church and will still be, be, be uh, I think in the next two or five or even 10 years, uh, longer uh, in, in the ten next years, uh, as 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 I can say, because as I see, the more and more priests uh, is interesting and in, interested in in learning the uh, tradition to celebrating traditional Latin mass, and more and more people is interested in that. Of course, the general situation of church in Poland will be wars and wars. This mainstream, this Catholic mainstream, will be smaller and smaller. But from this part of 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 uh, 
Catholic mainstream, which are more uh, more uh, conservative, more liturgically uh, affected, uh, these this people will come to this to this masses. Will ask the bishops to establish the communities, traditional Latin mass communities, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, what I feel bad. Uh, is that uh, we don't evangelize enough the people who are just uh, a part of uh, outside the church because I've heard about some, um, I know only few people who was total atheist or just lapsed Catholic who come back to the, to, 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 to the church by the, the traditional Latin mass in Poland, but only few. Most of the, of the, of the people who, who uh, 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 attend to, the, to, the, to, to our masses are just people who was Catholic, for, for, who was cradle Catholic, uh, who, who just went to the church normally, but one day they discovered the, the, discovered the traditional Latin mass and, and now they are traditionalists, just like me, for instance, yes? Yes, uh -huh. yes. I mean, I, I, some years ago, I think it was about 10 years ago, I, I was, um, um, Bishop Schneider visited yeah. Oxford and I, um, I, I took him around. Um, and we met a Polish priest by chance. Um, and, and they chatted because Bishop Schneider was very familiar with Polish priests because he yeah. said most of the priests in, in, in Kazakhstan yeah. <laughs> are from Poland. Um, and and um, anyway, this, they, they, of course, they knew people in common and, and, and so on. So, um, and then afterwards, uh, uh, Bishop Schneider said, the trouble, the trouble with the Polish priests in Kazakhstan, they're, they're very nice, they're very orthodox, but if I start talking to them about the traditional mass, <laughs> they just say, oh, the Fevrists. <laughs> yeah. um, and that's something which seems to have changed yes yes and it's 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 it's, it's very heartening to see um poland change from a situation where for some odd perhaps strange reasons uh, unique reasons for the you know the history of poland um and and the fact that you know pope john paul ii was polish and all those sorts of things they had this sort of odd resistance to to traditional mass, but that's that's now really changing. Yes, yes, exactly. In the last 10, 50, 15 years, uh, it this 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 attitude really really changed. It. And I can add that, for instance, in uh, uh, last uh, I think it was last maybe two or three letters from a conference of Polish episcopate, they mentioned about traditional Latin mass. It wasn't, it was rather natural or a little bit positive. They say it literally, I, I don't really remember liter literally, but it was something like that. We know that uh, liturgy is very important and many young people go to the church because they want to to see well uh, celebrated liturgy. And this is why they choose the traditional Latin mass. So even if, if on the level of episcopate, uh, they bishops see this, it's, yeah. it could be optimistic, yes? Yeah, yeah. But I'm curious if you would say that actually it's about not just about a well-celebrated mass, but it's about the real Catholic theology that's behind the Mass against the counterfeited Catholic theology that's behind the Novus Ordo Mass. What would they say? Yeah. Yes. Would they be so nice to you? 
<laughs> you know, it's better better that such uh, such slogans, such 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 words that that nothing, yes, or just uh, or just saying that as it was about twenty years ago that uh, in Polish in, in letter of Polish episcopate there was said that. Uh, traditional Latin mass is a is a past, and we don't we we didn't come to this uh, uh, we 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 will not come to this uh, mass any again in the future. So now okay. this change is 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 real. <laughs> yes, I and I think one answer to, to to Robert's question is is that many people are drawn to the traditional mass not for the kind of profound theological reasons, but because of the one might say, because of the aesthetics, because of the way it, it, it feels. But of course, the, 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 the way that mass feels is, is never just a matter of aesthetics. Yes, yes. It's a matter of spirituality. Yes, yes, of course it is. So if you get people in that way, then this, this different, distinct spirituality starts to have effects on yes. people. Not always. I mean, I, I, I'm sure we're all familiar. I mean, I, I've certainly been with one or two mm-hmm. people, priests, lay people, who, who really do seem to like the traditional mass purely for, for aesthetic reasons, and, and, and it doesn't have, doesn't seem to have had any effect on them in terms of their attitudes. But that is very unusual. Yes, exactly. It, it, it the, the mass itself has an effect, and that, that really gives me, um. Gives me hope, um, and I know poor, poor Robert. Um, it, it, it's, it's, you know, you, you, there's nothing like that happening in Romania, and it's, 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 it's tragedy. It's also very unjust, and um, it's, it's not what should be, should be happening. But it's, it's Robert's experience, of course, is not unique. It's, it's, it's unfortunately this very, very unjust situation is something which is, is, is repeated in many countries around the world. And having done the huge report, the uh, the worldwide survey for the FIUV, and I I know that that um, you know many countries where it's doing well, the traditional mass, and some countries where it's not doing so well, and there are other countries where it's just a, it's just a blank slate, it's just nothing, nothing's happening at all. And of course, those are the countries sure. where I particularly value Robert's input. It's actually quite difficult to find people to talk about it because there's no one there's no one there, <laughs> yes. there's no one there promoting it. So. Robert, would you like to add, add something to that? Uh, I don't know. For me, for instance, and um, as, as someone who discovered the, the Catholic tradition almost exclusively based on studies, on theological studies and readings, and uh, it's uh, the most important thing is the truth. So I just um, uh, discovered the liturgy of ages, the Gregorian liturgy, uh, precisely because I understood the very uh, sacred symbolism, theologically speaking, that's in the core of the Mass. So it's um, uh, directly related to my search for truth. My conversion, my religious conversion, was uh, precisely because of that. And for Yaroslav, I had mentioned the fact that actually I rediscovered the roots of my family because uh, my ancestors were Polish, Yaroslav. My uh-huh. uh, pen uh-huh. name is Kmita. Uh-huh. And okay. because uh, on my grandma, on my father's side, my grandma was uh, Polish, uh, uh-huh. actually, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, Polish. Yeah. 
So that's uh, my pen name and I use it and I add it to my current name that you can see on the screen, Robert Lazo. Robert Lazo Kmita used to sign precisely to indicate the reconnection that uh, I did with my ancestor by rediscovering our uh, religion, our true religion. And that happened when I studied philosophy since 1991 to 1996. And when I, uh, I fall in love, so to say, with uh, St. Thomas Aquinas way of thinking. Mm -hmm. And uh, so for me, the, 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 the liturgy of ages is the epiphenomenon of the truth, is the only and supreme way that embodied the truth of our Catholic Christian faith. So I fully admit that the aesthetics of the liturgy of ages can have strong influences of people and maybe somehow can discover the Catholic tradition precisely because of that aesthetical experience. I admit that it's very uh, likely to happen. And I know some people who discover the liturgy of ages uh, based on an aesthetical experience, but uh, I am highly interested to talk mainly about the truth with mm -hmm. a, ma a major T that's behind that liturgy. And in some cases, uh, maybe we, can, we do not have access to that liturgy. There were uh, persecutions. There were very, very bad situation in the history of the church. And people couldn't uh, have access to the mass. But what did they have? And what do we have when we are in such a bad situation as here, we have the truth, the Catholic truth, and we can learn um, the liturgy, we can learn Latin, we can say the prayer, use the monastic journal of the Benedictine order in Latin all the time, for instance, and my oldest son used the Roman Catholic um, uh, uh, liturgy of ours in Latin too. So we can do some small things, even though we don't have access to the liturgy of the ages directly. But what's important is the Catholic truth that we have, and we have to spread it, to share it, and to try to convert people if possible. And I used to do this. It's another reason for which I'm despised in this uh, diocese, because I used to talk about the necessity to convert the Orthodox, the schismatic Eastern <laughs> yes. Christians. And I have some friends that are converted because I did something for them. But something like this nowadays is unconceivable because we are ecumenists. We are not anymore, uh, you know, missionaries. I think that this is the path of destruction. It's not the path of Christ and of our church. And I'm working uh, to convert as much people as possible. But it's not easy to convert someone when you have the church of Pope Francis. Because for Orthodox especially for those who are serious regarding Christian religion. Uh, the Church of Pope Francis is synonym with all the liberal, progressivist, uh, modern uh, or postmodern values. And uh, when they hear about Catholicism, they hear about that. They immediately associate Catholicism with that. And the first thing that I have to do, it's very difficult, is to explain that actually it's one thing to have a Catholic uh, tradition and the Catholic Pope, that actually it's attached to that tradition and it's a completely different thing to have a heretical pope. And I have to explain that it's not easy because uh, they know that Catholic Church is just the pope and everything is done. And I used to say, no, Catholic Church, first of all, it's composed from all those saint popes that, yeah. popes that are in heaven. Yes. 
it's not just about the current Pope or about, I don't know what bishop or what priest. There are many saints in heaven and there is a tradition and they put that down in written. We can read the teachings of this church. Actually, I became a Catholic precisely because I read all those books for many years and I still do that and I like that. But we have to, to fight and it's not easy. But we can live. St. Benedict is a good model, Joseph. Is it? <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yes, thank you. I, 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 the listeners will be interested in the previous conversation I, I, I had with, with Robert, a podcast um, on, on St. Benedict, um, in part, uh, and on other, other things. They can, they can find that from via the, the, the show notes and the Latin Mass Society website. By the time this comes up, that will be published as well. And it, it also reminds me, in fact, of, of, of something which, which uh, another podcast I did with, with Jules Gomez, who writes for Church, Church Militant. And, and he's a convert, convert from Anglicanism. And he said that it was a, a revelation to him to discover traditional Catholics. Because, I mean, he was very attracted to the Catholic Church, but then he, he, he you know, the many public aspects of the Catholic Church were, were very disappointing. And, you know, and, and, and Catholics, you know, Catholic friends of his would say, you shouldn't bother converting because we've all got our own truth and all this kind of stuff. Um, and and then he finally he he met. In fact, it was it was thanks I think partly to thanks to to, to Michael Boris, um, um, the founder of Church Medicine. Um And he 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 went to Chicago and attended the traditional mass. And he suddenly realised that there is this community, somewhat beleaguered and, and limited inside, of Catholics who who take the view that Robert has just expressed that that that, that actually what the church is, what the church teaches, is something which the church has taught over the centuries. The church is not remade every generation. The church is this divine institution which goes back to the apostles. And if you if you're serious about that, then you know what the latest person says, even if that person is the Pope, actually isn't definitive of, of the church. Um, but it's, it's, and that's a hard thing to explain to someone who's not a Catholic, because why, why should they believe you? <laughs> it's almost as if you've got to, you've know, got to convince them that it's a divine institution before you can convince them that it's true, because it's kind of the two things are so closely bound, bound up together. It's certainly, I mean, the current situation has become in, incredibly difficult. I mean, even here, um, you can't simply say to someone who's interested in the Catholic Church, perhaps in conversing, you can't simply say, as people would have said 50 years ago, just go to your local priest. There's no way you could say that. Yes, it's true. No I'm way you could say that. True. Even in the most, even in the, you know, the, the best, you know, the, the, the most conservative part of, you know, Western Europe, or a place where the church is perhaps least badly affected. You'd have to be very, very kind. Say, oh yes, I know a priest. <laughs> Take down his telephone number, you know, and and don't ring any others, you know. Or maybe there are two or three priests. But for goodness' sake, don't just go to your local presbytery because you don't know what you're going to find. And that's that's a that's a very very. I mean, that's I mean to say that 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 limits the church's evangelizing potential would be an understatement. Yes. But thank you all very much, gentlemen, um, and um, thank you for your work, um, as well as for your, your, your podcast, which has gone on for um, a long time now. <laughs> um, and um, God will reward you, I'm sure.
um, and with or without the worldly success which we which we can hope for and work for but ultimately um, our, our battle is with spiritualities and powers <laughs> and not just with um, recalcitrant bishops and <laughs> complicated practical arrangements about uh, about masses and things like that which takes up a lot of a lot of the time I know um, for for everyone involved in this work so thank you Oleg Michael Martino thank you to Joseph um, and Robert um, and I um, I hope to be in touch with all of you in different ways um, in the near future this podcast was brought to you by the Latin Mass Society we hope you enjoyed it and would appreciate your rating the podcast on the platform you are using. You'll find some more information and links relating to the talk in the show notes, which you can see on a page dedicated to the IOTA Una podcast series on our website. The Latin Mass Society promotes the celebration of the ancient Latin liturgy of the Catholic Church in England and Wales, organising masses and training events, and defending and explaining the liturgical tradition in the context of the Catholic liturgy and thought. If you would like to find out more, do visit our website and consider joining us or giving us a donation. You'll find a big red donate button in the top right hand corner. Thank you.